You know, the Bible says that we are to hope in God. You know, David asked a question to his soul one day. He said, why are you disquieted within me? He said, why are you so down? What's going on here? And then David answered that desperation that he was facing. And he answered it by saying this to his soul. And I believe that if it worked for David, it could work for you. Amen. Here's what David said. He said, hope thou in God. In other words, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps and he had a good talk with his soul. He said, soul, you've been down long enough. It's time for you to get up. Hope in God. Hope in God. It might be time for some of you to get up. I don't know what you've been through, but I know what you're going to. You're going through because you're going to get to something better. And you're going to forget about what you've been through because you got to your wealthy place. You got to your healthy place. You got to your place that God had preordained from before the foundation of this world. And so it isn't a sin to be tempted to be despondent. It isn't a sin when your soul may feel down because you are an overcomer. And you can have a conversation with your soul and you can say, soul, here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to hope in God. He said, I'm going to yet praise him because you are the health of my countenance. And then he said, not only are you the health of my countenance, but you're my God. And we're going to make it to the other side. Listen, when there's hope in your life, you can push through anything. As long as there is hope for tomorrow, you can pull yourself up today and say, you know what? By the grace of God, We're going to get this done. We're going to go for everything God has got for us. How many have ever heard of uh, John Maxwell? You know, he's a a leadership coach, a leadership teacher. He said something that I really like. I'm going to quote it to you. He said, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. If there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. Another person said, of all the forces that make for a better world, none is so indispensable, none is so powerful as hope. He said, without hope, men are only half alive. But with hope, we can dream, we can think, and we can work. The Bible says, where there is no vision, what happens? The people perish. In other words, without hope, There's nothing to live for. Satan has robbed hope from this generation. But where there is a vision, there is always God's strength and there's always God's provision for you to make it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, 
We're going to tie in the Christmas story this morning to hope for Christmas. How many of you know there were some wise men that saw his star? And where was it? It was in the east. You know, these wise men were really astronomers. And I don't want to spoil anybody's Christmas, but there weren't three. There was a whole caravan of them. But that's all right. We're not going to put the three wise men away upstairs somewhere. But theologians tell us that they came from Persia. And from Persia to Jerusalem, it was 972 miles. Now, Persia would be Tehran, Iran today. 972 miles. And this was not, let's load up the Suburban and go to Disneyland for a couple days. This was a caravan of people with hope in their heart heading toward the east. These were men that were looking for the Messiah. Not only was Jerusalem and the Israelites looking for the Messiah, these men were looking for the Messiah. Are you looking for him today? I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. Father, I thank you for heaven's help today to make known the mystery of the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, and I'm speaking rather more in a teaching mode today, so you pull with me and you believe God with me. Matthew, the second chapter, and we notice in verse 1, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, by the way, does anyone know what Bethlehem means? Bethlehem means the house of bread. I think it's interesting that the bread of life was born in the house of bread. In Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east uh, to Jerusalem. And they said, Where is he that is born of the Jews? For we have come, we have seen his star in the east. What did they come to do? What do we come to church to do? Verse 3. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem was was troubled with him. Now, Herod was troubled because he was a paranoid king. He didn't want someone to come along and take his kingship or his royalty from him. All Jerusalem was troubled because they had a tyrant king. And they were concerned what his reaction might be. And his reaction was very dictatorial. He had every child to and under killed. So these wise men came and Herod was upset. And he got all of the, verse 4, he got all the chief priests and scribes of the people together. And he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Okay, guys, you know the word. You tell me. 
where this prophecy is. And you know what? They knew it. It was found in the book of Micah. And notice what they said. And they said unto him in verse 5, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not thee among the princes, least among the princes of Judah, for out of you shall come a governor, come on, that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod privately called the wise men together, and he asked them, What time did this star appear? And in verse 8, he sent them, everyone say Bethlehem. And he said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him as well. I want to say to you this morning, These men, they started on a journey of hope. This star that appeared to them in the east represented to them something bigger than themselves. Something that would carry purpose in their lives. It said to them that a king was born and it set them on a course. Why? Because these Men had something in their hearts. Have you ever had something in your heart that sets you on a course that no one else could see? It set them on a course that no one else could see, maybe no one else could understand, because they wanted to get somewhere they had never been so they could see someone they had never seen. And it's like that in our lives oftentimes. You see, God puts hope in our heart. You may see something that no one else sees and that sure enough, your family no comprendo. (laughs) And it may have set you in a direction that some think you should not be going in come on but you keep moving because you're about to get somewhere you never been before because you're about to see some things you never seen before you're about to have some things you've never had before your relatives some of you they just don't understand you They don't understand. Why in the world do you go to church two, three times a week? I knew you when. But we ain't what we used to be when. We left what we used to be when, and we are who we are now in Christ Jesus. So... How can you be so positive about the future? How can you talk that way? Because I've learned a new language, you see. I've come into a new family, you see. And God has put hope down on the inside of me. Somebody shout, hope thou in God. 
Now, this is a story of great hope in the beginning. And then hope was lost. And then hope was renewed. See, because they started out, they could see the star. But all of a sudden, they couldn't see the star anymore because they had to ask, where is he going to be born? And when they heard the word in Bethlehem of Judea, there might have been some talk going on in the tent that night. Are we really going to believe a 700-year-old prophecy? Are we really going to stay here and keep moving based on what some prophet said 700 years ago? You know what? They made the right decision. I said they made the right decision. And you that are trusting in the Lord and trusting in His Word today have made the right choice. And you're making the right decision. Because even though the Word of God is thousands of years old, it is still relevant to your situation today. He said, Forever, O Lord. Your word is settled in heaven. And so in spite of what they couldn't see, they kept on moving. You see, the Bible says that you and I, Brother Jimmy, we walk by faith. And we don't walk by sight. See, once they had sight of the star, but they lost sight of the star. And they could have turned around and gone back. But instead of going back, they said, you know what? I'm going to trust the word. Amen. Now I'm going to move forward. Hallelujah. Notice with me in verse 9 in the message translation. Look at your neighbor and say, there's still life in God's word today. In the message translation, and I want to look at verse 10 as well. I want you to read with me. Would you please read? Ready, read. Instructed by the king. Now stop right there. What did the star do? It appeared again. Meaning that it was not always seen. Okay, then continue to read. The same star they had seen in the eastern skies... It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. And notice verse 10. They could hardly. Let's just camp there for a few moments, can we? Can we just shout a while on this? Listen, when you have hope in your heart and you follow the star, Jesus, and even those circumstances and clouds try to cause the things you know and hear to disappear, if you just keep moving, the Son of the living God and the Spirit of the living God will see to it that you're in the right place. And that you're at the right time. Let me ask you this today. Is anyone believing God 
for the arrival of something in their life. Is anyone believing the arrival could mean the manifestation? Are you waiting for your healing to arrive or to manifest? Are you waiting for that financial breakthrough to arrive or manifest? You just keep following him. He'll make sure you're in the right place. Woo, glory. At the right time. King James says it this way. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. But there was a time where they couldn't see anything. And some of you are there right now. Some of, us, some of you this morning would say, Pastor, I have not seen anything for a long time. I say to you by the word of the Lord, the star shall reappear. Your hopes shall be realized. Notice with me in verse 11. And they were coming to the house and they saw the young child with his merry mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. And you know what? They didn't wait. And they didn't need to be in a palace to give their very best. The Bible said they opened their treasures and they presented unto him, say it with me, gold and frankincense and myrrh. How many of you know this journey of hope blessed Jesus and his family? These wise men did not bring cards, gift cards that they weren't going to use. They did not bring a gift card from whatever. Provision was made. In the realm of the spirit, I can see a caravan coming. I can see a caravan of blessings coming our way. A caravan of goodness coming our way. Look at your neighbor and shout, the caravan's coming. So let's just unpack this just for a few more moments today. Let's ask ourselves this. How can I get hope for my life today? How can I keep moving when I don't feel like moving at all? The first point I want to make to you is this. Keep going with God even when you can't see the star. Don't quit even when there's no hope. Don't quit doing what you know to do. Keep doing the right thing. Somebody says, but Pastor Mark, my marriage is over with. My mate is already remarried. There is absolutely zero hope for my marriage. That may be true, but let me tell you something. There's still hope for you. Your marriage might be over, but you're not over. Pastor Mark, I had this beautiful home, and when the crunch hit in 2009 and 2010, I lost my home. Listen, 
We serve a God who can restore and give you double than what you had before. Your life is not over just because of some crash economically. Just because of some crash maritally. Your hope is not over. The God of hope lives in you. And as long as you have breath, then you can hope in God. Amen. Yeah, but I went through this and I went through this chemotherapy and what I had came back. But there's still hope in God. Somebody shout, I'm hoping in God. You see, your soul can be anchored with hope. That's what the Bible says. That you have this hope that serves as an anchor for your soul, which enables you not to be tossed to and fro, but enables you to stand firm in difficult times. We have a living hope because Jesus is alive. Because He rose from the dead. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Keep going. Keep moving. Even when you can't see the star. Read verse 21 with me. Ready, read. Who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. What this is saying is you and I have a living hope because he is alive. How many know that holidays can be extremely challenging for people? Maybe you have people that were with you last year that are no longer with you today. Maybe there are people that should be with you today that aren't with you today. But I'm saying by the word of the Lord today that you don't have to give in to despondency. You see, I think what we need to do is we need to look for hope in the right places. Number one... God's Word gives us great hope. Can you testify with me today that maybe you fell a little down, but you opened up the book of life and the book of life lifted you up? Maybe you were going through a certain situation, but you opened the book of life and the Lord spoke to you exactly what you needed to hear at the right time. Look at Romans 15 verse 4. Look in the Word of God. You'll find hope. In Romans 15, 4, it says, Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. The Scriptures give us hope. The psalmist said it like this. Turn with me to Psalms 119, verse 14. Psalms 119 and verse 14 says this. You are my hiding place and my shield. I'm hoping in your word. I'm hoping in the word of the living God. So number one, hope comes from the word. But secondly, hope comes from the Holy Ghost. I've discovered this, that the more I fellowship with him, the less despondent I am. I've discovered that the more time I spend with him, the less discouraged I get. Now, what's going on? 
what's happening is this fellowship and this communion with him is causing vision and hope to be restored in my life. I believe this, that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Greek says he's our paraclete. That he is the one who's called alongside to help us. Is there anybody in this auditorium that needs help? That's 100% of us. I'm glad to know that when I need help, help ain't far away. I can look to the hills from whence cometh my help, but I can also look within to the helper who lives on the inside. He said in John 14, he said, I'm going to pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. Paraclete. One called alongside to help. Some of the descriptions that the Amplified Version gives him is that he is our helper, our counselor, our strengthener, our standby, our intercessor. Glory to God. And he is our comforter. Listen, you don't have to look far to get help. Help is on the inside. You don't have to look far for guidance because you got a guide on the inside. The Spirit of the living God. Look at Romans 15, verse 13. Romans, the 15th chapter, the 13th verse says, May the God of your hope, that's my Christmas prayer for you today, may He so fill you with joy. How many could use a double portion of joy right up in here right now? May he so fill you with joy and peace when you just put your trust in him. Now notice with me that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound, increase, and overflow to the point where you're just bubbling over. You're bubbling over with expectancy. You haven't been able to see some things for a while, but the Holy Ghost has given you a glimpse of your future. The Word of God is painting a picture of a bright future. And all of a sudden, you go into a bounding mode and bubbling over mode where you just can't hardly stand it. Your future is so bright. Your future is so bright. Like one person said, the future's so bright, you need shades. Your future's so bright that you can hardly wait to get to your future. The Spirit of God will give you a glimpse of your future. And the Spirit of God never leads you into despondency. He never leads you into situations that will cause you to become discouraged. He'll give you a glimpse of glory and a glimpse of an extremely bright future. Look at your neighbor and say, my future is extremely bright today. Now, how is it then? 
that you and I commune with him and fellowship with him. One way that we commune with the Holy Spirit is we stop ignoring him. In Old English, the word Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost was Holy Guest. You have a guest, a heavenly guest living on the inside of you. Jesus said that he may remain with you and abide with you forever. You've got a forever friend dwelling on the inside of you. Let's look at, we got a little bit more time today. Let's look at John chapter 14. And I want to look at verse 16 and 17. I want to notice it through the amplified version. So look for hope in the right places. Look for hope in the word. Look for hope in the spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, that he may remain with you. How long? Verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome or take to its heart because it does not see him or know him and recognize him. But you know him. You recognize Him because you'd pay attention to Him. Because He lives with you constantly and He will be in you forever. Say it with me, the Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of me. And He gives me hope. He gives me direction. He sees to it that I'm in the right place at the right time. It's arrival time. Amen. And lastly today, I've discovered this, that hope in your life means help for other people. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean this. When God does something good in your life, it gives other people hope. I mean, when you get a breakthrough, it causes me to rejoice. When you get your card paid off, it causes us to rejoice. When you get your home paid off, it causes us to rejoice. When you get your healing, it causes us to rejoice. Now, why are you so happy about someone getting their car paid for, their house paid for, and getting their healing? Number one, I'm happy for them because the Bible says that I'm to rejoice with those who rejoice. But I'm also happy because I can say, me too. I'm also happy because I can say that my God is no respecter of persons. And what he's done for others, he will do for you. And so when you stay strong in your hope and strong in your faith and you keep moving in spite of what you cannot see and you get your breakthrough, it's going to help me and it's going to help other people because maybe right now we're in the same place you were, but it's not going to be long before we are where you are because the same God who got you where you are will get me where I need to be because my God is no respecter of persons. 
Somebody said, say that again. I can't. (laughs) But it's the truth. And the truth will set you free. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I'm just going through so much. You got to go through to get to. Are you listening? So listen, when you get a breakthrough, would you please let me know about it? Would you please write a letter? Would you please testify? Would you please tell it? Because in telling it, it encourages the saints. I am so happy that God lit some Christian's life up while I was in darkness. I'm glad God put the right people in the right places in the midst of my darkness to be a guide and to be a path to my Savior. Every one of us sitting in this auditorium today have someone that influenced your life. Isn't that right? Someone that you can look back. It might be a grandmama. That you couldn't understand what kind of language was coming out of her mouth. You didn't understand what was coming out of that bedroom, but something came out of that bedroom over into your bedroom and brought the presence of God. Every one of you. It might be a school teacher. It might be a grandmama. It might be someone that just handed you a track. But that person is a light sent from heaven to lead you to the light of life. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. I pray that your hope be restored if you've lost it. But I also pray for those that your light would shine so bright during this Christmas season. In a dark world, I can be a star of hope to other people. In verse 15 in the Amplified, it says, that you may show yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God, without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation. How many of you know there's some crooks outside these doors? But I found a scripture that he makes the crooked places straight. Somebody says, that's not contextual. Okay, excuse me. In the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse. Now notice, it doesn't say get all bummed out and hide in a cave. But here's what it says, among whom you are seen as bright lights. You are seen as stars or beacons shining out clearly in a dark world. Now there's something about this star that they saw in the east. 
This star that they saw in the east was extremely bright. How many of you know that some stars are brighter than other stars? We know that. Scientifically, we know that. And the reason why some stars are brighter than other stars because some stars are in close prox- closer proximity to the sun. They're in closer proximity to the S-U-N. And you and I, as stars of hope to others, are to live in close proximity to the S-O-N. And the closer we live our lives to the S-O-N, the brighter we will shine and the more our witness can be seen and a greater blessing we can be to our families, to our church, in the marketplace, wherever we are. My Christmas message to you today is keep your eye on the star and he will get you to the place you need to be. Did you get anything out of it today? Father, we give you the glory. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for praying with me today. It's been a challenging day for my voice, but you know what? I've got my eye on him. And God's word is alive. And he is alive today.